About eight years ago, I was coming back from Boy Scout camp, having finished serving as a, a chaplain and <clears throat> going 70 miles an hour down the interstate. I ended up getting off under the, the shoulder, but there was a parked car on the shoulder and clipped that car trying to readjust. And I ended up going flying off the interstate at 70 miles an hour and rolled my car many times. And by the, the grace of God came to stop and about the only flat spot there was on the side of the interstate. And amazingly, I, I didn't really damage myself too terribly. There were no major broken bones, just a, a tiny one in my wrist. But after all the scans that they had done to make sure I was all in one piece and no internal bleeding and everything, they said that they, they saw something, however, in, in my head that wasn't related to the accident, that I should probably, you know, see my doctor. And I did. And the, the end result was that they found that I, I had a, a tumor on my pituitary gland in the, you know, the middle of the brain. It's like the major master gland. And, you know, they did all these tests and they, they said to me, did you not notice that anything was, was wrong? I'm like, uh, well, well, no. It's like, well, your whatever level is like off the charts too high and this number is off and you, you should be feeling terrible. I bet you have no energy or like, I'm like, well, gosh, I, you know, I guess I just, it seems like it's normal. Like, well, we got to take care of this. And so I never since been on medication and eventually they, they did brain surgery to actually remove that tumor. And it's, it's amazing, you know, after things get corrected, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I, I guess I was having trouble. They're like, yeah, if you had something serious go wrong, you might have died because you like had no adrenaline and all this. And I just didn't know it. If I hadn't been in that accident, I, I would have probably not found out maybe for years that I had this tumor or, or maybe not until it was too late when something really bad happened. So to some extent, I, I suppose you could say, wow, I'm, I'm almost glad I was in that car accident because if I hadn't been in that terrible car accident, I wouldn't have known about the tumor. Sometimes the most dangerous kind of illnesses or maladies that we might have are, are the ones that we don't even recognize. We just think it's normal. You know, imagine even if like we didn't feel pain when we touched something hot when I was a young, young, more ambitious child that got in trouble a lot, I actually walked across the cabinets of my kitchen, right across the stove, uh, which mom had just been cooking, and I burnt my foot on the stove. How many of you have burnt your foot on the stove? I did that once. Never did that again because it was hot. It burnt my foot. I realized, do not walk across the stove. Lesson learned. We actually should thank God that we feel pain when we, we do something that is going to be harmful for us. The most dangerous things are sometimes the ones that we don't know how dangerous they are because we can't sense it. This is where spiritual sickness is, is really one of the most dangerous things because we could be spiritually dead inside or at least suffering from severe illness spiritually. And we can pretend it's not there, or maybe we don't notice it, or we just go on like everything is okay. God 
is not willing to allow his spiritual people to suffer spiritual harm. He's going to let us know. And that's exactly the story of our readings today at Mass. You wouldn't necessarily catch it if if you don't know what's going on. But the prophet Baruch, with his talking about looking to the east for people to return, the prophet Isaiah talking about making a a road in the, the wilderness and filling in valleys, and all this is referring to a historic event in the history of God's people known as the Babylonian exile. Now, maybe you've you've heard of Babylon. Maybe you've even in your mind think, yeah, there was an exile or or something. I, I would offer to you today that you really can't understand not only just today's readings, but you really can't understand Advent or even the whole coming of the Messiah and what that means if you don't get the Babylonian exile. Because here's what God did. He saw that his people were spiritually dead. Literally, they were worshiping false gods in Jerusalem. Remember the whole golden calf thing back with Moses? They actually did that again. They made more golden calves later. They worshiped false gods. They turned far from God. Their hearts were spiritually dead. And God was not willing to leave them in that state. The problem was they thought everything was okay because they were in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the land promised by God. It's the special land for God's chosen people. And they were in Jerusalem. Like, everything's fine. Sure, we're worshiping pagan gods, but yeah, we've got the temple. We've got the priesthood. We've got all the stuff we're supposed to have. So probably everything is okay. They they were like me, not knowing I had a brain tumor. God says, this is not good. They don't know how ill they are. So I'm going to have to allow them to feel that pain, to feel how serious the situation is, to feel how far they are from God. So God, in his rescue mission, allows his chosen people to be conquered by the Babylonians and taken off into captivity, far away from Jerusalem, across the the wilderness that would, you know, if, if Jerusalem today is over on the Mediterranean Sea, Babylon is over kind of by the Persian Gulf, where Iraq is, and there's just a big desert in between. That's where they go. And this is actually God's mercy. At the time, it didn't seem like it. At the time, they think God has abandoned us. What has God done? He promised us the Holy Land. Why are we not there? Why did God allow us to be taken over? He promised he would fight for us. God this and God that, and God's no good. Because that's how far their hearts were from God. But, but God is so smart because when he gets them finally in exile in Babylon, they realize, wait a minute, we're, we're far geographically from Jerusalem because we've been far from God for a long time. And it brings about repentance. They were there for decades, but eventually, eventually it got through. This is our fault. We're exiled because we're far from God. We need to repent, and they do. And they begin to long, not just to be back in Jerusalem, but to long to be right with God. And they realize we can start to do that right now. Even in exile, we can turn our hearts back to God. And then what happens is when their hearts are right, now now God allows what is known as the return. And that's our readings today. Hear the prophet Baruch then in our first reading. 
Up, Jerusalem, stand upon the heights and look to the east. Why the east? Well, if you're in Jerusalem, over on the Mediterranean Sea in the west, you look to the east because that's Babylon. Baruch is saying, Jerusalem, look to the horizon. Look to the east because the exiles are coming home. God is delivering his people and they're coming back. Up, Jerusalem, stand upon the heights. Look to the east. See your children gathered from the east and the west at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing that they are remembered by God. Led away on foot by their enemies, they left you. But God will bring them back to you, borne aloft in glory as on royal thrones. What a, a beautiful now we can understand what Baruch is talking about. He's talking about return from exile. God punishes but only out of mercy. And eventually the punishment leads to a greater thing than even before the punishment. God is such a good parent. No parent would simply punish their kids for no reason. You know, my, my parents forbid me to walk on the stove after I did that. Mm, smart. Didn't need that punishment. I got it because I'm not going to walk on the stove anymore. God is a good parent. He knows to match the punishment to bring about something great. That psalm that we read today, Psalm 126, notice it says, when the Lord brought back the captives from Zion, to, uh, the captives of Zion, well, those captives, those are the exiles in Babylon. This is the psalm that was written about the Babylonian exile. So the first reading is about the Babylonian exile. The psalm is about the Babylonian exile. If we look to our gospel, John the Baptist, where is he at? He's out east of Jerusalem, way east, down by the Jordan River. He literally is out at the edge of the wilderness where the Babylonian exiles went off. And what is he doing? He's standing at the border, baptizing people for repentance. And Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah today of John and says, there is a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill be made low, the winding roads made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. What is Isaiah talking about? What is John prophetically witnessing to? This, this road, the paths that are being made straight, this is the path back from exile. John is, is literally out in the wilderness, looking to the east, to show that God, when we turn back to him, when we repent, it's, it's like making a highway across that desert all the way to Babylon. It took, a, it took a long journey to get to Babylon, both spiritually speaking, by little ways of turning away from God over and over. But when you're ready to come back, when you say like, I get it, I'm done being exiled. My heart is ready to worship God in righteousness again. God's like, great, highway, come on back. Mountains will be put down so you can get back to God. Valleys will be filled in so it's easy to go back to God. The rough places made smooth, crooked ways straight. When you are ready to go back to God, it's easy. God is going to make a highway when you are ready. And that's exactly what happened with the exiles. Isaiah prophesied, they'll come back and it, it's going to be a direct route right back to Jerusalem as soon as they've learned their lesson. You see how to really understand then what, what Christmas is all about. 
you really have to understand how much God's chosen people were in need of a savior. Time and time again, they figured out, we can't do it. We promise we will serve God, and then we don't. Okay, you'll be our God, we'll be your people. We'll do that, God. We swear we will do it. And then we don't do it. They turned around, they worshiped other gods. Finally, God just knew, as he knew from all eternity, we can't save ourselves. We will never be able to be faithful on our own to God. We need saving. And if there's one message that would sum up all of what Advent is about, what Christmas is about, it's that we need saving. So if you feel right now like maybe you're far from God, maybe if you really look at your heart, like, am I really worshiping God? Is God really the priority in my life? Do I put other things ahead of God all the time? It's gonna be not one big thing. It's gonna be a lot of little things. Little compromise here. This before God, sports before God, TV before God, sleeping in before God, power, getting ahead at work before God, putting other things ahead of God over and over. We do that little by little by little by little. And pretty soon, well, we've got a, we've got a tumor and we don't even know it. We need saving. And there's a lot of things that are not our fault that we can say, God, save us. We look at all the things going wrong in the world, things that are beyond our control. They're like, why is the world like this? It's a mess. It's broken. Our families are a mess. The world is broken. Our politics are broken. Everybody's fighting. There's division. Now we're in a good place to celebrate Christmas because if you realize everything is a mess and broken, we're sick, we're dying, good. It's, it's like we're in exile. And if you recognize the illness, now we can start to be healed because now we can say, God, save us. And as soon as we do that, highway, highway through the wilderness, exile is over, return. Now, the Babylonian exiles, they came back, they did return, but then we sin again over and over. It, until the end of the world, it's gonna be exile and return, exile and return over and over. What our readings ultimately point to is the definitive return from exile. This whole experience of life in some ways is exile from paradise, exile from heaven. There is a great return that we are all destined for. The only thing that stands in the way then is our own hearts. Are we far from God? If so, then praise God that he's gonna let us feel it. We should feel like things are not quite right. Good, because they're not quite right. We need saving. But when we're ready, God makes a highway. So whatever shape your road is in right now for God to, to travel, maybe think of a little road construction this Advent. I know nobody likes road construction. It's no fun. But when the road's done, it's pretty nice to drive on. So maybe your highway to God right now, it's got some potholes. Okay, it's time to fix it. That's what we do during Advent. We fix up the road, plug the potholes, smooth things out, make straight the path for God, prepare the way of the Lord. And if you do your part, God will do his part. Up Jerusalem, look to the east. The exile is over. It's time to return. Advent is a beautiful time to return from exile.
Wherever you're at, wherever you are in exile, far from God, thank him. Thank him that you recognize it, that I found doctors that told me, hey, you've got a tumor. Because when you know the sickness, you can do something about it. And that's what Advent is for. You're in exile in a lot of ways. Come on home. It's time for the return.